Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Kirk Knopf, who's CEO at Claris. And today we're going to talk about the road ahead in supply chain visibility and execution. So this is not a new topic. I mean, supply chain executives, technology companies, consultants, analysts. I mean, we've been talking about supply chain you know, visibility and execution for, for many, many years. But what's changed and different today is obviously the operating environment. Uh, you know, today it's, it's much more global, much more dynamic and, and uncertain than, than ever before. And also the technology landscape has changed, uh, you know, significantly over the years. And in particular, we've moved away from kind of collection of applications to talking about platforms. And we'll get into that in, in today's episode. So where is, you know, where are the biggest black holes in supply chain visibility today? Uh, is visibility enough to deliver business benefits? And, you know, what capabilities should companies look for in a supply chain execution platform? Well, those are some of the main questions we're going to discuss today. And it's great to have Kirk on the program to share his insights and advice on this topic. So Kirk, welcome to the program. Yeah, thank you, Adrian. Appreciate you having me. Um, looking forward to the conversation today. Great. Well, Kirk, I, like I always like to do before we dive into the topic, uh, whenever we bring a new guest on talking logistics, I'm, I'm always curious how people kind of get involved in this, you know, crazy and fun and dynamic industry that we're in. So why, why don't we start there? Tell us a, a little bit about you know, your career path, how and why you got involved in supply chain logistics and kind of your role and responsibilities there at uh, Calaris. Okay. Well, um, let's see. I, um, Coming out of undergrad, I um, went to work for the railroad, actually. I uh, started my career with CSX in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, spent about five years with them. Actually, my first job um, was a quote-unquote inside sales job. I was calling shippers and asking them why they weren't using the railroad anymore. So that was a, uh, a baptism by fire, but it was fun. I learned a lot. I was really appreciative of that job because... Um, Certainly got to understand the railroad from a um, from a customer's perspective there, and then eventually moved here to Atlanta, which is where I'm talking to you from today. Um, about 21 years ago, um, and um, been in the software and transportation transportation software business since then. Um, had the opportunity to be involved in a couple of different companies, uh, most of which have been sponsored by uh, private equity um, companies uh, like ours is today. Uh, and um, spent a lot of my time on the on the commercial side of the business and the M&A side of the business and just general leadership position. So uh, I think you asked me about my role here. I'm, I'm the CEO of Calaris. Um, I'm also the president of Navis. So we're working to bring those uh, companies together um, as one business. And uh, there'll be more information, I guess, in the coming months about how we introduce ourselves to the market as one business, but there's a, a lot of things that we're doing behind the scenes there. And I uh, get to play a small part in that as well. So that's my, uh, that's my job here. Uh, that's great. I'm sure, you know, um, a lot of what we'll talk about today is going to be related to kind of that, that uh, joint, uh, you know, go to market that you guys are, are, are having there with, uh, with Navis and um, you know, the ra railroads, I mean, certainly again, that's something that's changed a lot over the, uh, you know, uh, over, over the decades and a lot going on in that space as well. You know, I think as more and more shippers, you know, th think about transportation more from this ho holistic portfolio perspective. You know, everyone's talking about trucking, obviously, at the, you know, considering the, the, the percentage that it accounts in terms of freight moves, that, that's understandable. Parcel from the e-commerce space. But, you, you know, you can't ignore rail e either, right? Because, I mean, that is such right. a, a critical yeah. link 
to many different supply chains. And even in, in the realm of e-commerce and, and people think of those small packages, but rail plays a role there as well. So, yeah. you know, well, having absolutely. started there, I mean, great. I think, I think um, you know, first of all, there's not enough trucks in the world to move a lot of the things the railroad moves. Uh, everybody forgets about that. You know, you think about the amount of aggregates and coal and grain and those types of really bulky commodities. Uh, and then obviously we're, we're very close to the intermodal industry and the container industry. And uh, rail is a very important piece of that, whether it's, you know, containers coming through the West Coast and moving to the East Coast or coming in the East Coast and going more towards the center of the country. Um, rail is, has kind of grown with the container industry. Um, so, and given my background, it's always near and dear to my heart. One of our products here at Calaris also provides transportation management for shippers who use the railroad. So, um, still have a, uh, a lot of fun interacting with the railroads as carriers to most of our customers. Um, so yeah, has a lot of touch points in my life still. Absolutely. Well, so, so this brings us right into the kind of the heart of the conversation. I mean, I, as I said in my you know, opening comments, I mean, I, I've been uh, an industry analyst now for, you know, 23 years and, um, you know, achieving end-to-end supply chain visibility has always been, you know, a top goal for, for companies, but very few, if any, have actually, you know, truly achieved end-to-end, you know, visibility. I mean, why has it been so challenging and, and what are some of the biggest black holes that, that are still out there? Uh, well, that's a good one. Um, I think, um, primarily there, I think there's a couple of reasons. One, uh, supply chains in general, the supply chain, which you hear a lot about today is, is, is plural. So even from a one customer who's worried about moving goods from a one shipper, who's worried about moving goods from point A to point B, um, there's multiple, you know, there's a C to D in that combination and an E to F so forth and so on. And, uh, so you're you're often dealing with multiple supply chains, not just one linear or monolithic supply chain. So um, another problem in in today's supply chain is as technology has advanced, a lot of uh, there's a lot of application providers out there that that um, provide point solutions to provide to solve challenges over time. And I think we've come a long way just from a supply chain technology perspective in our industry, but um, it's all grown um, independently of a overall view of the, of the supply chain or the multiple supply chains as we just talked about. So you've kind of got this convergence of um, diverse supply chains, diverse vendors of technology within those supply chains. And the challenge today is to have those um, uh, have the information around those diverse supply chains um, roll up to the enterprise level and also have those applications or those technology solutions within the supply chain roll up to where you can at least have insight and analytics into um, uh, that help you solve challenges. You know, as an as a end user of our products, that's our goal from a visibility perspective is just provide more insight into what's actually happening so we can help solve that at the execution layer. So the challenge over time, I think, has been and the reason it's so hard to get to is just that there's there's a lot of providers. Everybody's taking their best effort at trying to solve those problems. And then it ends up, um, you know, a kind of fragmented supply chain, if you will. Yeah, and a lot, a lot of great points. I mean, so you're right. I mean, you know, we, we, we talk about supply chain in the singular, but it, it is actually, uh, you know, in the plural, even for individual companies. And then, um, 
you know, the fact is that, you know, supply chains are also very dynamic today. You know, you're adding new trading partners all the time, new suppliers, new customers, new carriers, you know, so the, that, that challenge that you talked about in terms of being able to grab the data, right. And, and ideally, you know, real-time data um, from a very diverse set of trading partners that are continuously changing. And those trading partners have a variety of different systems where that data resides, you know, and trying to bring that all together, that integration um, and that connectivity has historically been, uh, you know, a pain point. I think, I think, you know, obviously I think that's one of the, the differences today is that we've seen progress on the technology front in terms of helping yeah. to, uh, you know, address that, uh, that challenge. But, but I'm going to build upon something you just said there at the end in terms of kind of what your users do. And, you know, we, we talk so much again about supply chain visibility, but, but is, is getting visibility enough? I mean, what, what else is needed to ultimately realize business value, uh, you know, benefits? I mean, how do you translate that, that visibility, assuming you can get all that data and information and bring it up? I mean, what, what yeah. ultimately is going to deliver the value? Well, you know, as some of our product people, we have some really smart software development and product people on our team, and they, they have to dumb it down for me. So I, I tell you the way they describe it to me is, is, you know, it's nice to be able to see what's happening. And that's a challenge for everyone. But once you have that single view in terms of what's happening with your uh, supply chain or what's happening with your freight as it moves uh, via the carrier, whether it's sitting in a yard, you have that snapshot even if it's real time, what's happening. Um, the real challenge is what do you do with that data? Um, and what do you do with that information? So it's kind of like a hierarchy of needs. First of all, you have to see it and, and understand what's happening, and then you have to actually do something with it. And that's why, um, you know, we're excited about like that part of the business. What do you do with it? Because at that point you have to do something in terms of optimizing your operations, um, you know, adding additional technology or software, uh, growing the software that we have with our customers already to help them solve whatever challenges they're actually seeing through visibility. Uh, you know, visibility is a, a pretty broad word to, you know, I think it's table stakes today when you're talking to all of our customer segments about analytics and visibility and um, what's happening in their supply chains, but they're really concerned about where where that adds value, that visibility adds value. And it's back to, you know, velocity, improving operations and throughput, you know, whether it's a shipper yard, a warehouse, a distribution facility, a port facility, um, it all comes down to asset utilization um, and uh, efficiencies generally. And that's where, that's what happens at the execution layer, not at the visibility layer. You know, I, I absolutely, and I think, you know, I think from when I talk to a lot of companies, um, you know, probably the best way to kind of ground visibility is to talk in terms of metrics, right? What are the key performance indicators that you're looking to improve where you see opportunities to, you know, raise the bar, uh, if, if you will. And, you know, not, and not only, you know, the KPIs that might be, you know, around the warehouse or KPIs around transportation, but really thinking about going back to what we were talking about before, kind of this integrated approach, right? Companies need, really need to take this kind of, cross-functional uh, performance metrics uh, into, into play. And, and then that's where you can then say, okay, how, how, can then I, how can I now leverage data, BI, analytics, optimization capabilities to help affect and improve these particular KPIs? So it always starts with the basic question is, what are you trying to improve? What, where are you trying to innovate? You know, and I, what's, and if, what's the problem? Yeah, yeah what's the problem, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's where, but ultimately you're right. I mean, I think this is where 
you know, ultimately, you know, if I go back 20 something years ago, you know, there was a whole category of visibility solutions and software vendors that were focused on visibility, you know, applications. But the problem was it was completely disconnected from the execution types of solutions. Um, so it was a lot of companies ended up in that scenario. It's like, okay, this is great information, but now what do I do with it? And there was no way to automate or, uh, you know, streamline any other processes because there was, you know, there was just that, that connection was, was missing. And I think that's part of, which leads me to my next question, part of kind of where we're big, big conversation today is kind of, we, we don't talk as much about software applications. We're talking more about kind of technology platforms and software platforms. I mean, what's the difference, you know, be, between them and, and what critical attributes or capabilities should companies look for, you know, in, in, in today's environment when they're looking at a supply chain execution platform? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the technology is obviously important. I mean, and the difference in my mind is kind of what we talked about before, you know, a, a point solution or an application, you think about applications on your phone and it's pretty, you, you understand, but as those applications, even on your phone, talk to one another more, you start to have a platform. Um, so, uh, you know, iPhone's a good example of a platform, but if, uh, so as you bring those solutions together, those applications together, and they start to talk to one another, and then they start to have a, uh, a layer, if you will, that provides for that visibility and analytics and other um, optimization that can come out of um, kind of a, an integrated approach or an integrated solution. I think that's what companies are looking for. Um, and that, that's not to say there's anything wrong with point solutions and applications because they were solving specific problems. But as you go to that next layer of value, how do we make our supply chains more efficient or, or you know, spend less on fuel, which is an important topic these days, or increase throughput, whatever those KPIs that you mentioned are, um, in order to get to that next level of value, I think you have to think about integrated systems and um, or at least systems that talk to one another and at least a data layer that allows you to have insights into what's going on. So I think when you're, when you're thinking about um, solving the problems that you might have as a business, I think you have to look at what the technology is, um, what the integrations are, uh, how fast and scalable those integrations are. Um, and uh, that layer, that information layer is incredibly important. You know, I, just, you know, the difference between, uh, a little bit different take on your question. The difference between a um, you know a visibility application, if you will, that shows where your freight is in a rail car. One of our products does that. It's a simple track and trace product. You can track your rail car. Uh, if I'm a shipper, I can track my rail car wherever it is all over North America. Um, you know, the next level of that is I need to know from a planning perspective when that rail car is going to arrive, you know, what's the estimated time of arrival. Uh, then I need to start, then they've, our customers have asked us to continue to build that out in terms of where you can be way more predictive about when that's going to happen. And it's not just a heuristic or looking back um, algorithm on what has happened before, but what do we think is going to happen based on other conditions and uh, variables? And then more towards the platform approach, they want that information, our customers want that information to integrate with their billing system or our TMS billing component and revenue management component, uh, what's going to happen in the yard so they can plan better in their rail yards, for example. And I can give you several examples across all of our products that takes it from being just an application. In this case, we use 
track and trace to a overall platform to manage their business, like an operating system. So those are some of the differences with one or two examples. You know, I, I you know, as you were talking there, giving that example, you know, you know, we always talk about, um, you know, the need to break down the functional silos, right. Between, uh, you know, that exists between transportation and warehousing and finance and, and so on and so forth, uh, manufacturing. Um, and, and really, I think, you know, the opportunity that exists today, because I think the technology is finally able with things like um, uh, uh, web services, APIs, with things like robotic process automation, um, you know, things that, you know, have significantly evolved over the past few years, is that companies now are truly able to kind of take that end-to-end process perspective and say, okay, how does, how do we actually work, right? How does this process actually work? And can, can we have a layer of technology that is taking data from this application and that application, that application, but as it's, as that data, as an order, let's say, is, is moving across the supply chain, have it trigger different workflows across the different applications uh, that are, um, you know, focused on, you know, executing that particular aspect of the supply chain mm-hmm. at any given time. But really it's about, you know, taking that holistic integrated perspective and then saying, how can techn- how can we layer technology over this process and, and over the applications we already have to help automate and streamline as much as that, right? Yep. Well, because of the heritage that we talked about before, like how we got here, which is a, a bunch of uh, point solutions that were originally created to solve a specific set of challenges. Uh, one of the things that's required, I think, is software industry and technology providers in general is that collaboration component that you mentioned in terms of, you know, how do we think about uh, more open networks, more open platforms to really uh, work with sometimes competitors, sometimes other providers of um, information, uh, data, technology to uh, like jointly solve um industry challenges. And I think, you know, I'm, I've been fairly impressed about the transition the industry's made in terms of at least having those conversations and thinking about building more open networks um, to, to really solve some of the challenges. I think, you know, and I think there'll be more and more uh, pressure or incentive, if you will, for companies like ours to work with others in these individual supply chains, if you will, to help solve our mutual customer challenges. Uh, otherwise, we won't get there because of where we came from, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of providers of a lot of innovative technology uh, and on service offerings, and um, I think it's going to require um, serious collaboration going forward. This is the first time I think probably in, in you and I's career that just about nine out of ten people that you talk to outside of work will bring up the word supply chain and and uh, and want to talk about it. You know, I didn't get my dishwasher in time, and and I don't know what's going on, and. You know, we talk about our, our terminal operating system at our ports. Anytime I tell somebody what I do, uh, I, had a, I had a person that has n- nothing to do with technology or the port business ask me how many ships were at anchor in, uh, at a certain port in California. And I'm like, how did you even know to ask me that question? And I don't know the answer, but I bet it's a lot. Um, so just ever it's on top of everybody's mind, and um, which means it's going to translate into um, – uh, our customers, shippers and port operators and uh, 3PLs, all wanting to provide additional levels of value to uh, to participants in the supply chain. So it's a fun challenge looking forward. 
Yeah, I mean, just to build on that point, I mean, with regards to, you know, the importance of collaboration across industries, uh, you know, all the different stakeholders in, in this industry, and, you know, the greater awareness about supply chain. I mean, even even the government, even the White House, you oh, know, yeah. over the past year has, you know, made, made announcements with different initiatives and, and, you know, talking about exactly this, right, the need to you know, bring more collaboration, more transparency, more, you know, data sharing and, and so forth. Um, you know, ultimately, I think it's going to be, you know, the private sector and companies such as yourselves and, and your peers in the industry to, that, that already have experience uh, in this area and, and already have some of those strong networks and connections to, you know, to bring this to, to uh, fruition. Um, but but I think I, you're right. I mean, I think we'll, we'll probably see more progress in the next you know, two, three, four years, and we've seen in the past yeah. ten years for sure. Um, the the White House stuff that you brought up. I mean, the the politics aside, there there is a big public-private potential in terms of helping to solve some of the challenges, even if it's just to highlight what the challenges are and to to, to build some momentum around it. I, I do think there are um, there's a lot of good ideas in terms of um, those types of partnerships especially if you think about one of the main uh, kind of bottlenecks in the supply chain right now are, um, you know, getting enough containers back into the country and back out of the country and the whole import export flow through ports of which we're in a bunch of ports uh, from a software perspective. Um, and the complexity of that, those challenges and um, a lot of those ports drive tremendous amount of economic activity at the state and federal level. Um, you know, there's so much that depends on how those ports are operating, it, whether it's the, the, you know, the trucking industry that, you know, through drayage from the ports, the rail industry that we talked about before, the shippers that is actually impacting all the way back to the consumers that are waiting for their stuff. So you're going to have some, you know, you're going to have some involvement, if you will, uh, from uh, from uh, the government. But I do think it could end up being a good thing from a public-private partnership perspective. Yeah, no, I I agree. I agree absolutely. I, um, so, you know, Kirk, as as a way to wrap up, then I mean, what questions should you know companies ask themselves to assess where they are today, and and what actions to take moving forward with regards to supply chain visibility and, and execution? I think just. Um, an open mind uh, in terms of um, the things that are have been developed already. You mentioned earlier, technology is advancing so rapidly. I think there's a lot of good solutions out there. Um, I also think, Adrian, over the last couple of years, given COVID and the challenges that that created in the supply chain and the, this, the consumer spending in general that has really changed the supply demand ratios, um, I think coming out of that period, I think you'll see a lot of um, industry participants, if you will, reevaluating how to not get into some of the problems we've seen over the last couple of years again. Um, so, you know, it's questions about what, what was the root cause of some of those problems and how can we fix them, whether it's asset balance uh, from uh, uh, types of assets that move things around to um, the labor supply, you know, all the things that went into to causing some of the problems that we've been able to experience. So, you know, using uh, the right types of technology and software to evaluate what the challenges are and to really do that root cause analysis. And then think about, uh, like I said, having an open mind in terms of what's out there already, because there, there is a lot of um, innovative, creative companies out there that have really spent some time over the last few years, especially thinking about how to, how to uh, help 
the uh, supply chain in general solve these problems. So I, I guess two things, is there something that can help me now? A lot of companies have, like I said, invested a lot in, in, in solving these challenges that we've been dealing with and, um, and just really thinking about um, like looking back a bit, slowing down long enough now that we're starting to see a little bit of time to, to be a, a tad retrospective versus the day-to-day wildness that we've seen and uh, think about how to fix those challenges. Great. No, great, great points. Uh, you, you know, my, my, my question is always, you know, are we doing something that we're relying on spreadsheets or we have to go from, you know, one computer terminal to another and, you know, manually typing data from one system to another. I mean, those are kind of big red flags that uh, you're not operating. Yeah. You're, you're operating more like in 1989 or 1999 and not in, you know, 2022 and, and not, you know, working with the velocity that you need to respond to, you know, this, this dynamic, you know, yeah. environment, um, you know, Kirk, I, you know, this particularly with this topic is such a meaty topic. We could probably spend hours talking about it, but you, you gave some great uh, insights and advice on it and some great food for thought. So again, thank you for making the time to be with us today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Good conversation and uh, pleasure spending time with you. Thank you. Great. I want to thank those of you that joined us. If you're watching this episode on demand, either at the Calaris uh, website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Kirk, uh, you can post it there and I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.